Ashley Brockery, Diane Palmer's book, Tough to Tame, Chapter 3. Cappy had tried to work with Keely, promising not to make a regular thing of it. I'll just have to get another car, she said, as if all that required was a trip to a car lot. In fact, she had no idea what she was going to do. My husband is best friends with Sheriff Haynes Carson, Kilraven, and Haynes knows Kilraven. Told him the particulars, and Kilraven had talked with the driver's insurance company. She juggled. I understand some interesting what-ifs were mentioned. The upside is that the driver's insurance is going to pay to fix your car. What? Well, he was drunk, Cappy. In fact, he's occupying a Salton County Detention Center as we speak. You could sue his insurance company for enough to buy a new Jaguar, like my brother-in-law Clark's got. She didn't mention that Kel had owned a Jaguar, and not too long ago, those days seemed far away. Now, wow. I've never sued anybody, you know. Keely laughed. Me neither, but you could. Once the insurance people were reminded of that, they didn't seem to think fixing an old car was an extravagant use of funds. It's really nice of them, Cappy said, stunned. It was like a miracle. I don't know what I was going to do. My brother is an invalid, and the only money we've got in his savings. And what I bring home, that's not a whole lot. Before Mary Boone, I had to count pennies, the other girl said. I know what it's like to have very little. I think you do very well. Thanks, she said. You know, Co was in the military for years and years. He went into all sorts of dangerous situations, but he never got hurt. Then he left the army and went to work for this magazine, went to Africa to cover a story, and got hit with sharp nail from an exploding shell. Go figure. Keely frowned. Didn't he have insurance? Most magazines have it for their employees, I'm sure. Well, no, he didn't. Odd, isn't it? They sent him to Africa to do a story? Keely added. What sort of story? A news story? Cappy blinked. You know, I never asked him. I only knew he was leaving the country. Then I got a call from him saying he was in the hospital with some injuries and he'd be home when he could get here. He wouldn't even let me visit him. An ambulance brought him to our rented house in San Antonio. Keely didn't say what she was thinking, but she almost had to bite her tongue, Cappy said. That's a very strange story, even if I'm the one telling it, she said slowly. Maybe it's the truth, Keely said confidently. After all, it's a very often stranger than fiction. I guess so, she let it drop, but she didn't intend to talk it over with Kel that night. <laughs> When she got home, there was a big SUV parked in the driveway. She frowned at it as she went up the steps and into the house. The door was unlocked. She would laugh to come from Kel's room. I'm home, she called. Come on in here, Kel. I've got company. She took off her coat, moved into the bedroom. Kel's visitor was very tall and lean. Kel's visitor was very tall and lean with faint silver at the temples of his black hair. He had green eyes and a somber face, and one of his hands seemed to be burned. He moved in... Moved it obtrusely into his pocket when he saw her eyes drawn to it. This is an old friend of mine, Kelsa. My sister, Cappy. This is Cy Parks. He owns a ranch in Jacobsville. Cappy held out her hand, smiling, and shook the other. Nice to meet you. Same here. You have to bring Kel over to the ranch to see us. He added, I have a terrific wife and two little boys. I'd love for you to meet them. You, little wife and kids, Kel said, shaking his head. I'd never have imagined it in my wildest dreams. Oh, it comes to all of us sooner or later. So I replied lazy personally. So you work for Bentley Rattle, do you? She nodded. Does he really carry a pitchfork or is that you smell as gossip? So I had a tongue in cheek and plus cow.
she found it at her brother. He had both hands up. I didn't tell him what you said on it. He didn't. Sorry. Actually, Bentley makes a lot of calls at my place during calfing season. He's our vet. Good man. Yes, he is, Captain. Brought me home after drunk ran into my car. Size expression. I heard about that. Tough break. Well, the man's insurance company is going to fix our car, Capano would laugh. It seems they were worried that we might sue. We would have, Kelp said if he wasn't smiling. You're going to be killed. I just got bruised a little, she said smiling. Nice of you to worry, though, Kelp as I'll be of mine. You need to get out more, so I told the man in bed. I know you've got pain issues, but staying cooped up in here is just going to make things worse. Believe me, I know. Kills right there. I guess you're right, but I do have something to do. I'm working on a novel. One about Africa. So it's Park's face grew hard. That place has made its mark on several of us. He said, Hickman Magnum. Just don't make a mark on other men. Kill said. The Latin American drug cartels are moving in there as well. Sorry, Platt. Hell of a thing is if Africa didn't have enough internal problems as it is. As long as the power-hungry tyrants can amass fortunes by oppressing other men, it won't lower the casualty rights for any combatants working there. Come on. Combatants? Cappy asked curiously. Two groups of people are fighting for supremacy. One good, one evil, she guessed. No, as far as Africa and internal politics go, both sides have positive arguments. The outsiders are the ones causing the big problems. Their type of diplomacy is must often practiced with rapid-fire automatic weapons and various incendiary devices. And IEDs. Sorry, Excuse me? Improvised explosive devices. Kill translated. When we in the military too, Mr. Parks? Cap, yes, I hesitated. Sort of. Look at the time. He Mark Lanson. Ladies wants me to go with her to pick out a new playpen for our youngest son. He had it with her toddler. More or less trashed the first one. Strong kid killed on it. Yes. Bull headed too. <laughs> I wonder where I guess that from. Kelp wondered aloud with twinkling eyes. I'm not bullheaded. So I said completely. I simply have over strength to stupid ideas. <laughs> I simply have resistance to stupid ideas. Same difference. Same advice. I'll come back and check on you later in the week. If you need anything, kill smile. Thanks, I. I'd have come with Abby and Michael when they dropped by, so I had it, but we were out of town with the kids. I'll go and see. It's good to see you again. Same here, Kelsey. Oh, you. For what? Friends help friends. They do. Cappy stared at her brother with a blank expression. Whole conversation seemed to be going on under her nose and she didn't cover in. Oh, jeez, I said. Nice to have met you, Mr. Drake. He had a smile. You too, she replied. So I left without a backward glance. Drove away. Cappy was still staring at him, brother. You didn't say you had friends here. Why haven't I seen them? They came while you were at work, he said, several times. Oh, I met them when I was in the service, he said. They're fine men, a little unorthodox, but good people. Oh, she was like, Mr. Parks has an injury. Yes, he was badly burned trying to save his first wife and child from a fire. He was the only one who got out. They turned to Maine. By now he's remarried and has two sons, and he seems to have put the past behind him. Poor guy, she grimaced. No wonder he was mean. 
Who were the other many mentioned? Other friends, Ebb Scott and Micah Steele. Micah is the doctor in Jacksonville. Ebb Scott has a sort of training center for paramilitary units. <laughs> Simply, you just need to attract the oddest friends. Men with guns, he nodded and grinned. She laughed. Okay, I'm Stonewall. What do you want for supper? Nothing heavy, he said. I had a big lunch. You did? She didn't recall even anything. I promise that sandwiches in a baggie. So I brought a whole menu full of stuff from the local Chinese restaurant, he said. The remains are in the fridge. I wouldn't mind having some of them for supper. Chinese food. Real Chinese food. From a real restaurant that I don't have to cook. To filter for it. Maybe I'm delusional. He chuckled. It does sound like that, doesn't it? Go dig in. Bring me some of the pork and noodles, if you will. There's sticky rice and mangoes for dessert, too. I have died. And I'm now in heaven, she said in a haunted tone. Me too, get cracking. I'm on the fourth chapter of this book already. You are? She laughed. He looked so much more cheerful. More than he'd been awake. Okay, then. Put the laptop back into place. Do I get to read it? He nodded. When it's done. That's a deal. She went into the kitchen and got out the boxes of Chinese food. It was all she could do to keep back tears. Cy Parks was the nice man. A very nice man. Except for the slurred hamburgers and milkshakes for which she still owed Dr. Riddle, she reminded herself. There hadn't been any convenience food for a long time. This was a feast. She put some of it in the freezer for hard times and heated up the rest. Her day was already getting better. Got even better than that. A tall man with sandy hair and blue eyes came driving up in Cappy's own car two days later. The big SUV was following close behind. Cappy gaped at the sight. Her old car had been re it's dense beating out, and the whole thing repaired and painted. There were even seat covers and floor mats. She stared at it helplessly surprised. Cyborgs got out of the SUV and followed the sandy-haired man up the porch. I hope, I hope you like blue, he told Captain. There was a paint sale. She could barely manage words. Mr. Parks, I don't even know what to say. She burst into tears. It's so kind. He patted her awkwardly on the shoulder. There, there, it's just one of those random acts of kindness we're supposed to pass around. You can do the same thing for somebody else one day. She dabbed at her. When I strike rich, I swear I will. He joked, Harley Fowl. Holly Fowler here, he introduced his companion, is a good mechanic as he is a Fort Ranch foreman. I had him supervise the work on your car. The insurance company paid for it all. He added when she started protesting, we get things done here in Jacobsville. The insurance agent locally is the sister-in-law of my top wrangler. Well, thank you both. She said, I say, thank you so much. I was almost ashamed to keep. Asking Keely for a ride? She's so nice, but it was an imposition. I live five miles out of her way. You're very welcome. The front door opened and Kel wheeled himself out on the porch. He whistled when he saw Kel. Good grief. That was quick work. He's inside. You might remember that I always did know how to cut through the red tape. Thanks, Kelton, from both of us. If I can never do anything for you, you've done enough. Side returned quietly as green as one. But you could always put me in that novel you're writing. I like to be 27. Drop that handsome and a linguist. Kel rolled his eyes. You can barely speak English, he pointed out. Cyclarodon, you take that back, or I'll hardly shoot all the tires out of this car. Kill held up both hands. Silver ice swing. Okay. Okay. You can get work as a translator in the UN any day on it. Side. 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 Don't all wish, he frowned. Do you speak Farsi? Kel not smiling. I've got a friend who's applying for a job with the company. Think you can tutor him. He's well off, and he'd pay you for your time. Kel frowned. It's not charity. Side mother glowed him. This is a legitimate need. The guy wants to work overseas, but he'll need to get the job. 
But he'll never get the job unless he can perfect his accent. Kelly's like, all right, then. I'll take him on, and thanks. Sasma, thank you, he replied. He's a nice guy. You'll like him. He glanced at Cappy. He was wondering what sort of company Sasma work for. You won't, he said. I used to be a woman hater, but this guy made me look civilized. He'll need to come over when you're at work. Cappy was curious. Why does he hate women? I think he was married once. I'm used. Well, that certainly explains that. Kelp <laughs> chuckled. Thank you very much for picking up my car. Cappy told us I won't forget it. No problem. We were glad to help. Oh, mustn't forget the keys. Harley. Harley handed the keys as to her as Sai headed back and gone to Hillary. She purrs like a kitten now, Harley told her. She drives good. The car is a girl, she has only when a guy is only when a guy is driving it, Kel told her with a wicked grin. Amen, Harley told her. Come on, Harley. Sai called from the SUV. Yes, sir. He grinned at the brother and sister and jumped into the passenger seat and Sai's SUV. What a nice man, Cappy said. Just look, Kel. She walked out to the car, opened the door, and gasped. They oiled the hinges. It doesn't even squeak anymore. Oh, look, they fixed the broken dash and replaced the radio. That didn't work. She started shouting again. Don't do that, Kelsey Jim. You have me wailing, too. She made a pace in. You have nice friends. I do, don't I? <laughs> no, you won't have to beg rights. It'll be a relief, although Keeley's been wonderful about it. She glanced her brother. I don't think the insurance paid for all this. Yes, the daddy said from the period. She smiled at Okay, you really do have nice friends. You don't know how nice, he told her. But I may tell you one day, now let's get back inside. It's cold out here today. It is a bit nippy. She turned and followed him inside. The week went by fast. She got her paycheck on Friday and went shopping early Saturday morning in Jacobsville. Kel said he'd love a new bathroom for Christmas as she went to the department store looking. It was a surprise when she bumped into Dr. Rattle in the men's department. Gave her a curious look. She didn't realize why she recalled that she'd left her hair long around her shoulders instead of putting it up. He seemed to find it fascinating. Shopping for anything particular, he asked. Yes, Kel wants a bathrobe. Christmas shopping, he guesses. Yes? I'm replacing a jacket, he said. I made the mistake of going straight from church on a long animal call. A longhorn bull. Large animal call. A longhorn bull objected to being used as a pincushion and ripped out the sleep. She laughed softly. Occupational hazards, he said. He nodded. Your car looks nice. Thanks, she said. She could imagine how her old wreck, even repaired, looked to a man who drove a new lane rubber, but she didn't say so. Mr. Parks had his foreman supervise the work. The insurance company paid for it all. Nice of him. He knows your brother. They're friends, she found. Mr. Parks doesn't look like a rancher. She put it on. Excuse me. There's something I don't know. Dangerous about him. She said, searching for the right one. He's very nice, but I wouldn't want him mad at me. He <laughs> grinned. And a few drug dealers in prison could attest the truth of that statement. He said, What? You don't know? What? You don't know? No, what? Cyborg is a retired mercenary, he told her. He was in some bloody firefights in Africa some years back. More recently, he and two other friends, and Harley Fowler, shut down a drug distribution center here. There was a gun to fight. In Jacobsville, Texas, she exclaimed. Yeah, Parks is one of the most dangerous men I've ever met. Kind of people he likes, but there aren't many of those. She felt odd. She wondered how it was that her brother had come to know such a man, because he and Sai seemed to be old friends. 
Where do you go from here? Dr. Otto asked suddenly. She blinked. I don't know. She blurted out flushing. I mean, I thought I might. Well, stop by the game store in the strip mall. <laughs> Instead of the game store. She cleared her. There's this new video game, Halo OTSD. He said with evident surprise. You're a gamer. She cleared her throat again. Well, yes, he said something unprincipled. She cleared up. Dr. Rido, she explained. It's not advice, you know. Play video games. They release tension and they're fun, she agreed. He I have all three of the Halo games from Bungie plus the campaigns. He confessed, naming the famous company whose amazing staff and engineer in one of the most exciting video game series of all time. And the new one that just came out. Now we're told, you do? Yes, I have Halo OTSD, he said, personal lips to you game online. She didn't want to confess that she couldn't afford the beast. I like playing by myself, she said, or with Kel. He's crazy about the Halo series. Oh my, Dr. Otto. Blue Maybe we could play split screen sometime when we're both free. She gave him a wicked look. I can put down hunters with a 45 automatic. Hunters were some of the most formidable, the alien confident bad guys. Fearsome to engage in the Halo game because they were huge and it took a dead shot to hit them in their very very vulnerable spots. It was not bad, Ms. Drake. Have you been a gamer for a long time? She asked. Since college, you played smiling. You? Since high school, Kel's in the military and a bunch of guys in his unit would come over to the house where they were off duty and play war game videos. We lived off base. She first lived in her eyes. I not only learned how to use tactics and weapons, I also learned a lot of very interesting and useful words to employ when I killed in the games. Bad girl, he tried to left. I'll probably see you in the video store, he added to me. He probably will. He granted went back to the suits. Fifteen minutes later, she parked in front of the video store and went inside. It was full of teenage boys, mostly, but there were two men standing in front of a rack with the newest sword and sorcery in combat games. One of them was Dr. Rattle, the other, surprisingly, was Officer Killraven. Dr. Rattle looked up and smiled when he saw her coming. Killraven still eyes cut around to follow his companion's gaze. His black eyebrows arched. She's Christmas shopping, Dr. Rattle announced. Buying video games for a relative. Killraven won her life, Dr. Rattle. She's a gamer. She can take down hunters with a 45 auto. Killraven was through these. Impressive, he said. I usually do that with a sniper rifle. <laughs> I can use those too, she said, but the 45 works just as well, thanks to the magnificent sight. Have you played all the Halo series? Kill Riven asked, she nodded. Now I'm shopping for ODST, she said. Kel, my brother, likes it too. He taught me how to play. Kill Riven. Kel Drake? Yes, I know him. Kill Riven played. Good man. Are you in the army? She asked innocently. Kel Drake? <laughs> Once a long time ago. <laughs> Kel only got out a year ago, she said. He was a freelance in for a magazine in Africa and got hit by a flying shark mouth. He's paralyzed from the waist down. At least until the shark mouth shifts enough so that they can operate. Kill Raven Blink. He's got hit by a flying. He was working for a magazine. He's even curious. Doing what? Writing stories? Writing stories. Kel can write? He was a very, he has very good English skills. He began to, I never, Killraven said, why did he get out, why did he get out of the army? He wanted to know, she went, well, I'm not really sure, she began. Look at this one. Dr. Rattle interrupted, hopefully holding up a game. Have you ever played this? Killraven was diverted, took the green case and stared at the description. He <laughs> have I ever. 
Elder Scrolls for Oblivion, he murmured. This is great. You don't have to do the main quest if you don't want to. There are a dozen of other quests. You can even design your own character's parents. Name him. Choose from several races. Ever played it? Yes, Catfish is Actually, it's sort of my favorite. <clears throat> I love Halo, but I like using a two-handed sword as well. Vicious girl. Kill Raven. You smiling at her. Dr. Rhino, I don't usually move closer to Cappy. Clears her. You're dropping on working today. He asked Killer Raven. The other man looked from Cappy to Dr. Rottle and his silver eyes twinkled. If you notice, I'm wearing a real uniform, he pointed out. I even carry a real gun. Now, would I be doing that if I, it was my day off? Dr. Rattles fell back in. Would you be shopping for video games on city time? Killer Raven glared him. For your information, I'm here detecting crime. You are. Absolutely. I've been on good authority that there might be an attempted shoplifting case going on right here, right now. He raised his voice as he said it. Young boy cleared his throat. And he's the game. Out from under his jacket and back on the shelf. With flaming cheeks, he gave Killer Raven a hopeful smile. Move quickly to the If you'll excuse me, Killer Raven, I'm going to have a few helpful words of advice for that young man. How did he know? Cappy asked Dunnis, who watched the tall officer walk out the door and call to the departing team. Base me, but I've heard he does things like that. He smiled. He's on his lunch hour, in case you wondered. I was just ripping him. I like Kill Raven. She gave him a weary glance. Sharks liking other sharks, do they? She asked wickedly. End of chapter 3.